Hello and welcome to episode two of the Vera Shafiq podcast, real and relevant discussions on business, marketing, technology, and digital. It's Monday, the 14th of January, 2019. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. So today I want to talk about storytelling. Yes, I know you're probably thinking, no, that's so cliche, pretentious, fluffy, and buzzwordy. But you know what? That's exactly the reaction it tends to get in the boardroom too, because it's not a concept that translates easily in the executive world where the, the CFO and the CEO want to talk revenue, profits, and ROI, right? I get it. So if you started a quarterly meeting saying in Q1, marketing needs to tell better stories, you're going to get the eye roll, you're going to get the raised eyebrows, and it's not going to go down well. So how do we convince the executive team that the key to the marketing strategy is to tell better stories? Well, that's something that we can discuss later, but I wanted to first dive into the whole concept of storytelling and why it's so important for a brand to be able to tell a good story and why a simple story is better than a more complicated story these days. Storytelling is the core of not only a solid branding strategy, but it's an essential part of direct marketing initiatives as well. And if we get that part right, we have a solid, sound foundation for the rest of our marketing efforts. Let's talk a little bit about the history of storytelling. Storytelling is and has always been one of the greatest art forms of humanity, and it's a method of communication. Um, and we're the only life form on Earth that can tell stories. Storytelling is a basic human need because it unites and strengthens communities. Dating back 30,000 years, the early cave drawings of the Stone Age were examples of storytelling in its most basic form. And this kind of storytelling was actually, um, it made the difference between life and death because what these images were made up of were images of deer, bison, running water, wind, and these all depicted events that had either already happened or impending events that were about to happen and were in warning of danger that was coming up. So these represented a communication system that ultimately strengthened the communities. Then if we look back around 5,000 years, there were the Egyptian hieroglyphics that told stories of survival and life, and conveyed religious beliefs and truths about, the, uh, about life well beyond the grave. And then there were the ancient Greek poets, such as Homer, who told spoken stories like the Odyssey, describing how a hero like Odysseus battles the one-eyed monster Cyclops. And then, of course, who can forget Shakespeare, who wrote stories about the human condition in such an articulate and visionary way that people were and are still drawn in and connected by his work. He brought communities together. He made them feel a part of a meaningful tribe. So then, with the advent of motion pictures, radio broadcasting, and movie theaters, storytelling was opened up to, to mass audiences. And television allowed brands to start telling their stories on a mass scale, even reaching international audiences. But that was still before the internet, and 
The luxury of being able to reach such a huge audience and tell your story to that audience was still only available to huge companies who had the money to spend on those ads or those stories. But now that we're in the internet age, being a storyteller has become so easy and the barrier to entry has become so low that anyone and everyone can now publish their content, publish their stories on the web, and in so many different formats, be it blogging, video, streaming TV, podcasts. And these stories actually create quite a lot of noise and chaos out there. Calling oneself a storyteller in a marketing capacity has become a trendy label these days. If you look on LinkedIn, there are about 550,000 profiles that contain the word storyteller. And so it's clear that, you know, it's something that's important. People see storytelling as an important skill. But do their stories bring people together as a loyal tribe? Do their stories make people feel better, feel like they belong, feel that they're part of something bigger than just buying a product or service? Or have their stories become so complex and convoluted that they're just getting lost in the shuffle? I feel like today, storytelling is going through a kind of a redefinition or an evolution of sorts, and I think it needs to do that. I think brands are having to go back to a much simpler form of storytelling to be effective. It's just too hard for stories to have impact on people anymore unless they're stripped down to the very basics. I often see companies, large and small, engaging on what I like to call random acts of marketing. A random act of marketing is something which is not tied to any foundational story or has no connection with the brand purpose, and I think that is a big mistake. We're at the point where advertising your product is a waste unless you've built the foundational story first. To be a successful and enduring brand, I think you have to be remarkable and memorable, and to do this, your story needs to be evergreen, always on, and it needs to be simple. So how do you tell a simple story? Well, I'm inspired by a book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Donald Miller's system of clarifying your brand message is quite simple. In this sound clip from a podcast with James Taylor, Donald Miller explains the power of story to make our brains stop daydreaming. Take a listen. Average brain spends 30% of its time daydreaming, but when you... You engage a story when you slip into a movie theater or when you open the pages of a book and begin reading the first couple pages, your brain stops daydreaming and it will stop daydreaming for a very long time. That's actually – and story is the only tool that allows us to do that. The story brand approach is that your brand story needs to tell the hero's journey. The hero of your story is your customer or your prospect and you're helping him or her overcome some kind of conflict or problem. So the key thing to remember is when you're telling your story, you as the brand are not the hero. It's the customer or the prospect that's the hero. And your role as the brand is the mentor or the guide. And you're guiding your hero, your customer or prospect, into making some kind of decision that's going to help them with a problem or pain point that they're facing. So if you think of a few good movie titles, these all have the hero and the, the mentor or the guide concept in them. For example, let's think about The Karate Kid, Star Wars, Hunger Games, Harry Potter. All of these movies have the hero 
And then there's always another character that plays the, the part of the mentor or the guide. Here's another sound clip from that same podcast with James Taylor, where Donald Miller explains the concept in more detail. Well, and there's a scientific reason for that. Uh, when, when you think about the hero in a story, most people believe the hero is the strongest character in the story. And at the end of the story, they are indeed strong. But for the majority of the story, right up until the, the last nine minutes, if it's a film, they're weak. They're weak. They're ill-equipped. They don't have what it takes to get it done. They're insecure, looking for affirmation, and they need help. Who would ever position their brand that way, mm. right? I mean, you would never say, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I own a roofing company. I can put a roof on your house. But to be honest with you, we're not very good. Uh, we don't exactly know what we're doing. We're usually scared. But I could really use the job if you want to give it to me, right? Nobody, <laughs> But that is the hero's journey. Mm. So you never want to position yourself as the hero in the story because the hero is weak. Another reason you never want to position yourself as, or your brand or your product as the hero in the story is because if I'm the hero in a story and you're a hero in a story, then we are by nature in separate stories. By definition, we're in separate stories. You have not entered into my story at all. Instead, there's this other character in the story, that story brand. We just call that character the guide. And the guide is very strong, has already conquered the same demons that the, the hero is dealing with. And is there to help the hero win. And what we found is scientifically, people are actually not looking for another hero. They're looking for a guide. And when you position your brand as the guide, which Coca-Cola does, Apple does, basically any very successful billion-dollar brand, they don't position themselves as the hero. They position themselves as the guide. Your story makes the hero, the customer, feel like they stand for something and are part of a tribe or community that has a common bond and belief system. Your story promises something. Brands that do storytelling well are ever-enduring. Take Coca-Cola, for instance, one of Donald Miller's examples. Their ads have included global citizens standing on a hill in Italy as a symbol of unity. Their famous campaign, which was, I'd like to teach the world to sing. And then more recently, the personalized bottles of Coke. At the end of the day, this is all part of this simple overarching story of Coca-Cola brings humans together. That's their promise, and it's a good one. And people will continue to drink Coke because it's their way of being a part of that movement, and they want to be a part of that movement. Coca-Cola's current advertising depicts the simple act of sharing a Coke with friends and food. Listen to this sound clip on Brand Storytelling TV where Kate Santore, who's the Senior Integrated Marketing Content Manager at Coca-Cola, explains in more detail. We're taking a swath of what the food culture looks like. So from influencers like celebrity chefs like Ron Sanchez or uh, Chef Roble Ali to uh, food critics like The Infatuation and Andrew Steinthal to uh, real-life chefs who are coming in to talk about what Coke and food means to them. This debate over how we eat and cook and share and talk about food, but the one thing we can all agree on is that it's probably best shared with Coke. So you may be wondering, what is the problem that Coca-Cola is solving for their customer or their hero? And I'd say it's the problem of feeling disconnected, excluded, alienated. And actually, there's no better time than now for them to be solving this problem in the current geopolitical climate that we find ourselves in. And I think, you know, they're solving the problem, and they're inspiring moments of optimism, and it's just perfect timing. I think 
the world that we're in right now, where we're exposed to about 4,000 to 10,000 ads per day, um, it's just clear that the simpler the story and the more relevant the story, the more people that we, the more people are going to be open to embracing our story. It's no longer about talking about the features and the benefits of the product or service that we're marketing. I think we need to understand the current culture of our audience and build trust with them and um, not just think about capturing their attention or their awareness anymore, but really grab them, keep them hooked, keep them wanting to be a part of this movement that we've created. To demonstrate another example of an iconic brand that has a simple story, let's take Apple. Like Coca-Cola, it's just another huge brand that you're probably sick of hearing in the context of iconic brands, but there's a reason it's talked about in this way so much. Apple's simple story is their guarantee to create products based on seeing the world a little differently, and their promise is to inspire their customers to do the same. Part of seeing the world a little differently and more recently is the claim that they treat data privacy very seriously, allegedly unlike their Google and Facebook counterparts. Their billboard in Vegas during the recent CES conference stated, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone, and it's an example of them being consistent with their brand story. Although it's been a controversial move for them business-wise, I think it's consistent with their brand story and their promise. Um, And they, as a brand, have been able to price their products at such a premium because their brand is so strong and they have such a loyal following. The problem they solve for the hero, their customer, is that they offer technology that's not only trustworthy and consistent, but it's also feel-good. Their products are beautiful and have a certain status associated with owning them. And I must say, I am a loyal Apple um, brand lover. I own pretty much every Apple product available out there. I have my iPhone X, my MacBook Pro, my AirPods, and then my Apple Home device. And my family is also uh, very loyal to Apple. My kids and my husband, they all have iPhone Xs. They all um, have either a MacBook Pro or a MacBook Air, uh, AirPods, um, you know, everything that you can imagine. So, I mean, we really do um, subscribe to the brand and feel that, um, you know, it has made our life more convenient and it is a luxury item and it feels good to own Apple and, and we trust the brand. So I hope you're starting to see that by developing your foundational story, your campaign messaging and content marketing will become that much easier because there'll be a common thread or umbrella under which all of that will fall. So here's my challenge to you, if you're a marketer. I want you to think about what your brand story is if you haven't done that already. I want you to think about what problem you solve for your hero, your customer or prospect. Then I want you to think about what is your promise to your tribe and what stories can you create to convey these things in a super simple way. That's it. As for explaining this to the CEO in the quarterly planning meeting, hmm, that's a tough one. Maybe play them this podcast and see what happens. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did like what you heard, please subscribe to catch more episodes, and I'd really appreciate it if you left me a review and shared with your friends and colleagues. Visit my website at virashafiq.com Connect with me on LinkedIn or send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. 
Until next time.